I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're all enjoying the spring weather, if in fact it is spring where you are. Uh, I myself am sitting in bed recording. Uh, Who am I kidding? I I always record in bed uh, with a milkshake. I have the window open. I can hear the birds chirping. It is quite lovely. Um, There's something about spring that is hopeful something that is a rejuvenating quality and i hope you're all experiencing that as well um it's it's a time of growth uh where everything just feels new all over again um it's definitely my favorite season and um i hope you're all enjoying it uh we're kind of going to talk about spring a little bit or at least be outdoors um I had a really tough week last week, but I'm ready to bounce back and I've kind of come up with a list of a few things that I am doing um, that I'm going to share with you so that, you know, if you choose to, you can do them as well. Uh, Just because I do them doesn't mean that you should or need to, but it is backed by science. These are all things you've heard before, but I think it's a good reminder here uh, over a year into this pandemic. when you know the reminders to be gentle with ourselves and the reminders to indulge in self-love and to take care of ourselves are not as common as they were in the beginning of our quarantines so uh let's start number one get outside i just went for a walk with a friend today and uh we commented that was a really good reminder there's so much more going on that even though you may be cooped up inside the world is happening there are things happening it's the world is so big and we are but a piece of it um it really puts things in perspective go outside go for a walk even if it's just around the block even if you know the fresh air is coming through your mask uh wear your mask being outside it's rejuvenating even if it's just to get a package just stand there and close your eyes listen to the sounds and allow yourself to just be present for one moment So that's number one, get outside. Another thing that I think is good practice is drinking water first thing in the morning. I am awful at drinking water, but I think it has been a really good practice for me this week. Uh, Go downstairs, open the refrigerator, pour a tall glass of water and drink it. It Just as the first thing that you do, Um, it will hydrate you, it wakes you up. And it's just a a good start to the day to get you going. And a lot of these things, I think, are kind of things that reset you. I'm finding that it's difficult to move from one point of your life to another, especially when your bed is like four four feet from your desk. So it's good to have like these little things that indicate to you, oh, hey, like it's time to move from unconscious to work mode. 
Uh, so yeah, drinking water, getting outside, breathing techniques. So before work, I have started doing a daily grounding corner with this Instagrammer uh, that I follow. She calls herself a witchy godmother at Zorgias. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I will put it in the episode notes. And uh, it's just a minute, a minute and a half. Every morning she's doing it in March and it's a reminder to breathe. She walks you through breathing. She may remind you to drink your water, whatever it is. And it's very soothing. She has a very soothing voice um, and she's absolutely sweet. So breathing, even if it's just like two minutes of focusing on that, again, this is a grounding thing that brings you back to the base. The last thing that I'm doing is a weekly gratitude practice uh, every Sunday night. Get out your journal, write down a quick like synopsis of the week, maybe only a few sentences, but then reflect on how the week was, think about what your goals are for the week going forward, and then think about what you're grateful for. And it really, I don't really know how I feel about um manifestation I I do it because like why not why not be more positive but yeah I find that it just gives me more of a mindset of abundance to think about the things that I'm grateful for and and my mood has definitely improved as a result uh so yes get the fuck outside drink water stay hydrated uh do some breathing you know you could even do that after work as a little reset after to kind of show you that the work day's over and you get to do your personal stuff, and maybe indulge in a gratitude practice. These are all things that are helping me, and I hope that they can help you too if you do, in fact, choose to start doing them. Uh, Really excited for today's conversation. I speak with Lily from Love With Intelligence. She has a website, a podcast. You can find her all the places. They'll all be linked in the episode notes. And she is so lovely. I actually said to my boyfriend, I was like, I really want Lily to be my friend. So uh, I, it's been wonderful talking to so many amazing people and everyone, there is some really good stuff coming your way. Uh, I'm so excited for the people that are going to be coming on in the next few episodes. Yeah. So speaking of that, rate, review, subscribe. We have a YouTube now. Uh, subscribe there. Instagram, Facebook. At some point, there will be some other things going on, but I'm not ready to divulge those quite yet. And um, yeah, enjoy the conversation with Lily. I learned a ton from her. Uh, I figured out that my rules are, that I've always had, uh, are a protective measure that I put in place to keep myself from having high expectations and getting too emotionally invested too soon um, because that has definitely hurt me in the past and so uh, these rules are just kind of something that I put up in place to protect myself and that's okay but it's not for everyone and that's okay too so it's really interesting to talk about that we talk about narcissism uh, we talk about dating online we talk about dating authentically Lily is absolutely incredible I hope you check out her podcast I hope you check out her YouTube um, and she's just a gem of a human so I really hope you enjoy our conversation uh, gonna cut to a quick commercial break before we get into it uh, but I am sending you all so much love and keep holding on everyone we're we're gonna get there it's gonna be okay Hey there, I'm Megan Martin, and I put the manic and manic pixie dream girl. 
it, I'm Janelle Megan, and I'm a self-proclaimed Bond girl, and I make every conversation way too deep. We are both professional actors, producers, and models. Cause and Creation is a podcast where we talk about all things creative, including interviewing other awesome artists that are breaking new ground. We'll be taking a deep dive into who they are, the work they do, and more importantly, what moves them as artists. You'll get an inside look into the minds of award-winning filmmakers who are promoting new content, writers who are on the first draft of their novel, video game designers who are creating a whole new world from scratch, and so much more. If you want to get to know a creative, or just want to get to know us, come hang out with us at Cause and Creation every other Thursday. Cue the applause. Hi, everyone. I am back here with my guest today. This is Lily from Love with Intelligence. How are you, Lily? Hey, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks again for having me on the show. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, A lot of the subjects that we've been covering on the podcast lately have been a little bit more geared toward uh, sex uh, which is great, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to kind of get into some like dating stuff because I have some pretty uh, intense rules that I followed in the past for dating. But, you know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, like, do they ma- do rules actually matter after some time? So I'm really uh, excited to, to get into this uh, with you. So uh, let's start. Like, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background and training? Um, yeah. So, um yeah, well, obviously, based in the UK, um, my background, I was originally an accountant, believe it or not. Oh, okay. And, uh, I transitioned, so I learned all about NLP. So I'm an NLP master practitioner and trainer. Um, I'm a hypnotist. I'm also a coach. And um, uh, during my research about healthy relationships, I realized that, uh, you know, things like confidence, self-love and all those different things weren't quite enough. Um, uh, so I started getting into behavioral profiling and body language and awesome. realized, yeah, it was just amazing. It's a bit like the matrix, <laughs> you know, you <laughs> blue pill or the red pill and, um, notice how that you can actually pick a, a partner who's safe to be with, but also compatible with you just through understanding that behavioral profiling element. That's awesome. So, um, what? Where did you start with that? Yeah, so um, uh, I started off with that. Um, gosh, it's quite a funny story, really. I was single at the time and um, on Tinder of all freaking apps. And <laughs> <laughs> I was messaging this guy. And you know when you just know that it's not quite, uh, something's not quite right. Yeah. And you let you almost let the, the conversation dwindle, don't you? It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And um, uh, yeah, so I didn't message this guy for like two days afterwards. And all of a sudden, um, I got this knock at the door and I had this huge bunch of flowers delivered to me. Oh, and this, yeah, I mean, this guy had my <laughs> like first name, my uh, pictures from my dating profile. That was it. And somehow he had managed to find out where I lived. That's horrifying. Yeah, exactly. The more horrifying part was when I when I spoke to my mum, she was like, oh, so when are you going to meet him? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and my, no. my mum, bless her, she's like, uh, so, so sweet. But it's like amazing how many people do get hooked in because it's like when you get um, given this like big, grandiose gift, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, how can we give back in some sort of way? Right, so, right. 
Yeah, and then previously, previously to that story, I had been stalked for five years, so I just knew oh that I gosh. didn't want to be stalked again. <laughs> I didn't, and um, so at the time, um, I had a friend who was a trainer for Chase Hughes. So Chase is a a world leader in behavioral profiling. He's wrote the book The Ellipsis Manual. Um, uh, trained uh, over two hundred and um, sorry, two thousand five hundred um, CIA level operatives. You know, Ooh. he knew his stuff. Yeah. So I was like, right, okay, here's all the screenshots. Here's the guy's profile. What do I do? And within a few minutes, um, I got a brilliant message back from uh, from Chase. And I was able to diffuse that person from wanting to pursue me further without being rude, without being confrontational, without being like, don't do that, don't do this. <laughs> and uh, okay. and that, it just allowed me to feel safe again. And I knew that more people need to learn more about this. What did you say to him out of curiosity? Yeah. So what you do is you look at things like, um, yeah, you sort of profile them. So it's like, it's not so much a one size fits all scenario. So when you profile someone, you can do that in six minutes or less. But what it does, it allows you to understand their needs and their fears. Okay. And when you, when you can understand that, you can understand their behavior. And so what we kind of did, we kind of let him know in a, in a subtle way that I was unable to give him what I needed, what, sorry, what he needed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and also, um, uh, I, you know, didn't fit in within his fears as well. And it's a very, very clever thing. It's almost like, you know, being given, um, let's try and think of a good analogy. You know, when you have a puppy that you're trying to train, and you can and uh, you can spray some stuff, and they hate it. It's almost like oh, spraying yeah. your stuff in that you know <laughs> that's terrible yes. or something. <laughs> to uh, but, them off. Yeah, but doing it psychologically, so it's even more powerful. Huh, that's incredible. <laughs> well, I guess it answers my question for how you got into it because uh, that's quite a story. So from there, you kind of were just like this is amazing. This is what I want to do. Um, and you, you founded Love with Intelligence, right? Yeah, I did indeed. Um, and as soon as I found that, found out this behavior profiling, that was it. I was in, I was hooked. I mean, um, I got to go to London. I got to go to uh, Virginia beach, learning all about all this stuff. And, uh, was mentored by Chase for well over a year and partnered up with in business with him. So I use his research within Love with Intelligence, which is pretty awesome. That is so cool. Yeah, that's definitely how I approach um, when I, you know, I've been with the same person for about three and a half years now who I met online. Um, But uh, that's definitely how I approached it when I was dating too. It was just like looking at a person and just trying to figure out what are their insecurities, what are, and I I don't know, a lot of times people, like my friends would be like, oh, like Rachel, that's like mean or like you're you're <laughs> tricking people. Uh, but I don't know. I always kind of looked at it as if I can figure out them, even if they don't have them figured mm-hmm. out, right, then I can figure out how to best communicate with them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think the thing is with, with dating, we're so keen to put the best version of ourselves out there there you know and you've got the other person putting the best version of themselves out there so it's almost like you've got these two actors mm-hmm. <laughs> on a date trying to grow you know trying to create this uh, genuine connection um Definitely. which obviously doesn't quite work 
especially you know that's kind of why we have the uh the honeymoon period for example yes yes and then time passes and my my mm-hmm. partner's like ooh, like he's like I thought you were way more laid back than you actually are <laughs> I love that and I'm like yeah but like I was like but you're in love with me now so like you're stuck <laughs> um can't go anywhere welcome to the rest of your life um yeah but okay that so that you what you're talking about sounds completely in line kind of with what I frequently have to say um but what would you say to like people who are want to be dating authentically and use these tools like do Mm -hmm. both of those things exist I think that they do but I kind of want to hear your take on how do you date authentically well you know putting this work to use yeah yeah I totally agree I think yes you can I think you can date authentically. I think as well you can date ethically because I think mm-hmm. so many times, you know, with other um, uh, businesses out there within the industry, you know, the dating relationship industry, it's all manipulative. It's like say these right. ten things to make him fall in love with you. It's like ah. Oh. No, because what happens when you run out of the script? Right. <laughs> you just have to be yourself. That's all there is. Yeah. And I think one thing I love about the the body language piece is like, you know, we we all know that when we're texting, we're only seeing only a sh- small amount of that communication. Again, when we're on the phone, we suddenly get a little bit more of that communication. But when we're able to communicate in person, we also got this massive body language piece. And Mm -hmm. one thing I love about body language is everything's communicated subconsciously through the body. And this is how we end up going through this like lie detection piece. This is how we go through the connection piece. So you can see if, um, for example, I I love watching couples when we were, when we were out of lockdown interacting together, because I could see which ones are getting along and which Mm -hmm. ones weren't getting along just purely through their body language. What are some uh, like indicators for that? Yeah, so couples that tend to get along really, really well, um, their body language would be matching, usually. So if they're if they're getting along and they're in rapport, you'll find that there's something called matching and mirroring, which is kind of like a uh, NLP term. So it means that if one person's got their leg crossed, the other person who's also in rapport with them will also have their leg crossed. Mm, okay. Um, another thing that you can have a look at as well with the the, the body language piece is where the torso is so is the torso leaning into that person or towards that person because that gives you a good sign we lean in when we want more definitely yeah (laughs) so there's a real famous um picture of brad pitt and um angelina jolie just before they got divorced and you can see their torsos are completely leaning away from each other Mm mm-hmm which is you're like, very yeah, things aren't going super well there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all know how that ended. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And I think I think a lot of people, I mean, you see articles like that. Uh, yeah, I grew up reading Cosmo and mm-hmm. a lot of people might say that it's like a crock of shit, but I don't know. There's something to it. And I, I firmly believe that like there is a reason that there are behavior, there are people profiling behavior in government. Mm-hmm. There are reasons that people they have people doing this in police academies. You know, yeah. it's it's a thing. Um, so, and it's true that uh, Chase Hughes is a 
originally changed in military, you said, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's there too. So, I mean, if, if they're using it there, why not apply it? It's obviously prevalent in other places as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think the big part that people don't realize with body language, behavioral profiling, is it's all about connection. It's not mm-hmm. about how can I use it against you? It's about how can I use it to get closer to you? How can mm-hmm. I get how can I use it to get the best out of you so you can get the best out of me too? Um, yeah. We often refer to it as almost like a martial arts. You know, the more you know, um, the more you can protect yourself, but you can also use it, you know, ethically or not so ethically. <laughs> so- right. No, you're totally speaking my language. And I mean, like full disclosure, I've definitely not done it ethically before too. Um, <laughs> you know, where I'll, I'll, I'll meet a guy and I will uh, see that he's like just trying to sleep with me or being a little bit of a playboy. Mm-hmm. And I can read that there are some insecurities underneath the surface. So I get him talking about the insecurities. And then, you know, this happened uh, a few years ago. Uh, I, I I got him to open up about his insecurities uh, mm-hmm. about him as a kid and being bullied and everything. And I left to meet my boyfriend um, and he went over to his friend and was like, man, like that girl, like I felt a really major connection with her. Can I get her number? And, you know, our mutual friend was like, oh, she actually like is with somebody. So no, (laughs) but I talked to him for five minutes and was able to pick up on the fact that there was something there. And I mean, I was going to say it's not a proud moment, but it kind of is because I I, I hope that he took something away from that conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think one thing that, sh- that shows that you've done really well is you've given him the space to talk. Mm-hmm. Because the reason he felt that connection and felt the need to reach out is because, wow, I've managed to be seen by this person. Right. And this is something that we often don't do when we're dating. We don't give the person the opportunity to, to see us for who we are and also to see the other person for who they are. There's usually this falling in love with uh, the illusion of that person rather than right. the actual true identity. Definitely. So what do you think about um, dating rules then? Do you have any that you suggest? <laughs> Is it bullshit? Like what? Uh, you know, I always used to have these rules of like, you don't sleep with somebody on the first date. I slept mm-hmm. with my current partner within hours yeah. of knowing him. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and here we are. Uh, so I used to have like a ton of dating rules and it's just kind of like, okay, what? What matters? What doesn't? Uh, what dating rules? Can you be authentic and have rules? And again, I think the answer is yes, but do rules really matter? Yeah, I love that question. And I, I was exactly the same before, you know, the whole don't sleep with them on the first date. Yeah, I ended up doing that with my current partner as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoops, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I think um, the most important elements of any relationship, because I don't believe in rules. I believe that you you make your own, own rules together. And the reason that is because everyone's different. There's no one size fits all. So the, the four elements that I mainly look at with relationships is number one, compatibility. Because if mm-hmm. you're not compatible, it's not gonna be working for the long term. Um, uh, communication, can you be open with that person without being judged, without being shut down? Um, Can they communicate openly with you as well? We've also got consideration. So have you got consideration for the relationship that you have, whether it's short term or long term? And also collaboration, the way that you work together. 
So I think the, the with the collaboration, it's about having the right same expectations um, of what your relationship's going to be. So for example, you could say in the very beginning, I'm looking for something long-term or I'm looking for something short-term. So mm-hmm. at least everyone knows <laughs> what the expectations are, even if that, you know, for example, if you're looking for a long-term relationship, even if it doesn't turn out to be that long-term relationship, you both know that that's what you were working towards. You put but it, it just didn't quite yeah. happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, how soon do you say that you have a conversation like that? I I would say it's okay to have that quite early on. If you feel yeah. that connection with someone, um, okay. yeah, definitely. I think one thing I, I loved about um, when my partner and I met was that we had the consideration, um, consideration piece in there where we both said, right, well, we both want to be friends. We both want to um, keep our friendship because that was really important to us. Um, so whatever happened, we were always going to make sure that we had that mm-hmm within us and also we also made sure that whatever happened we both put each other and our relationship first and we made that intention at the very beginning and what happens then when you do that is you can feel safe yeah you can feel vulnerable that intention is there to make things work (laughs) I really like that and it's it's interesting to you know again a person who had all these rules uh to think about ultimately everybody is looking for some sort of connection right well almost Mm. everybody I mean you have those exceptions um and maybe they're looking about connection in different forms maybe it's just a physical one maybe it's like a really deep emotional one that they're looking for um but yeah I think it's really easy like in in the dating world to feel very negative um some of my close girlfriends like send me screenshots of the men that they come across on Tinder mm. and it is it is it can be bleak. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the gall of some people. But uh yeah. So how how would you recommend that people like remain positive in the face of of all of that? Yeah. I th- I think um I think being positive is we can only do that when we've got clarity and confidence in what we're doing. I think we tend to get negative when it's like, oh, I just don't know what to do anymore. I don't know how to meet the right one. I don't know how, why I'm still attracting these crazy people who want me to send X, Y, Z pictures to their picture. Mm. <laughs> so right. I think I think a lot of it boils down to that clarity. And I think as well with that clarity piece, it's about what do you want and how do you see um, a relationship working for you? What does that relationship look like? How how do you receive love in that relationship? Um, and also, on top of that, are you actually ready for a relationship too? I think that's a really important question, yeah. Yeah, because often I, I, talk, <laughs> I enjoy asking this um, question to my uh, clients. It's like, okay, if I brought out your perfect partner right now, would you be ready for him or her? Mm-hmm. And often, yeah, people aren't. And that's okay. But it's also understanding where you are at. Are you, are you actually ready to be able to receive love? Because giving it's easy. The receiving part is harder. Ooh, that is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I have to write that down. That is brilliant. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Uh, wow. The, vo- the, the vulnerability that that requires. Um, yeah. It's, it's a different thing entirely. Uh, so I guess what are some 
signs that some that you're say you're talking to somebody mm-hmm. and um you're trying to get a sense of that compatibility what does compatibility look like like is it things or is it a feeling is it a mixture you know is it things in common is it the way that you feel when you're around them um and what are some signs that like you know something might work or might not work yeah i love that question so compatibility is as as layers to it but i'll go through a couple of those layers with you today so we have got um what are your beliefs and values what does an actual relationship look like to you also what's your interests what are the things that you're completely passionate about so for example is it politics i'm not a politics fan <laughs> but uh, you know for example it, it just shows like um the you know the divides that you can have of who you support and if your partner supports someone else and you're both pa- passionate about the the different right. sides you're going to have that you're going to have issues there um you know also your interests so for example um my partner and I we have a huge passion for psychology and and understanding all these different elements around communication and connection um so we we talk a lot about that um uh, another thing is what are your goals for the future because if you've got one person who's going oh well I I want to live um close to my family and the other person's going well I want to live in a different country you're going to be mm-hmm. pulling against each other so the idea of compatibility is making sure that you've got all the different things um working for both of you to push you in the right direction together because the moment that you feel like you're pulling away from each other you're going to feel like you're compromising you're going to feel like um you're going to feel angry for having to give up things mm-hmm. um and and it's no good if you feel like you're having to yeah give up and lose things and and not live out your life the way that you wanted to because it's because your partner's pulling in the opposite direction you need to be true to yourself first yes exactly exactly yeah well what would you say hmm, I I feel like I my mind's spinning I didn't even write down some of these questions (laughs) they're just coming to me because I don't know I really like this topic um I like talking like dating stuff and and the psychology of you know getting to know somebody. Mm. Um, you were saying earlier with that lovely quote that you had that it's it's easy to love someone but it's not as easy and you put it much more eloquently it's not as easy to be loved. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you? One of my other rules that I used to have was I would create space. Mm. Um, and I still kind of stand by this one quite honestly. Um, I would create space um, because to me, the mystery is what keeps somebody interested in you for a period of time. And of course, like rules go out the wind, rules, quote unquote, go out the window <laughs> when like you're in something more established and comfortable and like, you know, but when you're first getting to know someone, there's a possibility of being too much. You don't want to lay all your cards on the table right away. Or at least I kind of believe that. So, you know, I I know there are plenty of people who, you know, they um, like they essentially go on their first date and then move in together. And it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that that's probably the uh, exception rather than the rule. But how can I realized I'm rambling on here, but I realized that I did that to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And yes. what really what it was is I was protecting myself, creating this space, but also like it helped me because it pushed me to have my own things going on. And that's the key. Rather than creating space, I think the key is having my own life that I'm really passionate about, really excited about, my own (laughs) friends, my own things going on, so that if the relationship doesn't work out, 
it's not the end of the world because I'm still a fulfilled person on my own. Yeah, I think this is, um, so it feels like there's two different things going on here. So yes, you definitely need to be able to have your, your own life and your mm-hmm. independence and your own dreams. The end of the day, you're your own person. Exactly. And it's like a relationship. It's not about completing each other. I hate hearing about people yeah, completing each other. Um, it's two whole people coming together to make one big relationship. You know, that's the way it works. And I think, um, I think with the idea of space, it's almost like, where is that coming from? What's the intention behind the space? Is it the intention um, to go off and enjoy yourself and do things that, that inspire you and giving yourself the things that you need? Or is it fear? Is it fear mm-hmm. where you're trying to push someone away because it's scary letting someone in and it's scary having the possibility of having your heart broken? Right. Yeah, so I think it's all about that intention, but I do definitely believe that independence and having your own life is so, so important to a healthy relationship. Definitely. And just um, for me, the space part that was created, it gave me the opportunity to like, to not make this my center of my mm. universe. And my big thing is I didn't want to get over-invested too soon or put yeah. too many eggs in one basket, right? Like, so creating space for me gave me the opportunity to pursue other people to like date other people at the same time it Mm -hmm. gave me the opportunity to um pursue my own passions and just to make it so that this one person that I was really into wasn't the center of my universe um so it's, it's an interesting kind of thinking about well what were my rules really what did they come down to and um ultimately I think it came down to I didn't want to get too invested too soon yeah which I think is okay yeah I think as as well it's like um I love the fact that you had the awareness that it was like okay this is what I need to do this is what I need to do to make to make it feel good to me you know it's like not overly investing straight away because which I think is healthy because you usually find it's quite narcissistic relationships that tend to speed on ahead and uh, you know people are getting married within a first week or something crazy that love bombing (laughs) yes exactly exactly but I think it's having that awareness of making sure that you feel comfortable your partner feels comfortable um, and it's like that collaboration piece and the consideration piece again of how you can make it work best yes. for the pair of you. And just making sure that like you're on the same page. If both of mm. you are on the same page for like full steam ahead, then that's great. You know, yeah. um, that's not the way that I roll. But, you know, it's it's that it's that whole like checking in with the person that you're seeing, making sure, you know, taking these little touch points and Maybe it doesn't sound sexy to overly communicate, you know, so soon, but just making sure you're in the same place, uh, that you're both as excited about each other, that you like see it going in the same direction, et cetera. Yeah, because if you've both got those, um, if you're both on the same page, you've got those expectations there, you know, you know um, the boundaries of that relationship then as well. Right. Right, right, right. Mm. Well, you did say something about um, narcissists, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that that's you have a program about uh, identifying narcissists, right? Yeah, we do indeed. Um, uh, yeah, because I think that's so so important. Anyone who's gone through a narcissistic relationship will know that uh, number one, the healing journey is very very interesting Oof. after that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, number two, it's bloody hard to shake off a narcissist. <laughs> Definitely. So. Um, yeah, so we we go into lots of different things there um, because boundaries, for example, placing boundaries with a narcissist can be oh, ne- nearly impossible. 
Yeah. What um what does that look like? How can you identify one out in the wild? And assuming out that we'll be out in the wild again soon. <laughs> I love that. Um yes, yeah, so there's loads of different ways. So um to start off with, if you're online dating, for example, and you're just messaging, one thing I'd be looking out for is how is the the conversation flowing? Is it all about them? Is it always coming back to them or is it flowing nicely where you're both asking questions about each other? Because often um, with narcissistic relationships, it tends to be all about the other person. So, for example, Mm -hmm. it might be, um, I don't know, oh, I broke my finger and they'll be like, oh, that's nothing. I broke my leg. (laughs) you know there's always Mm -hmm. that one up scenario yeah Yeah. um so always look for that the another another thing that you can look out for as well is how do they respond to the answer no ah okay yeah because they will struggle to accept that you know a lot of things around narcissism and I'm, and I'm talking proper narcissists I'm not talking like the the play on word that gets thrown on you know thrown around so often these days um but narcissists will really struggle with the word no because they need to be able to show their strength their status their power and their control so that's something that's very very important to them um if you're on a date and you're meeting them in person, um, Mm. uh, you can see something like, so one thing that people don't realize about a true narcissist is the empathy part of the brain is actually underdeveloped. Um, uh, So they don't feel empathy the same way. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we expect people to feel things exactly the same as us, but these people can't feel it the same way. So what I'd be looking for in those scenarios is, well, one way that we're actually taught empathy as children, as babies, is when, uh, you know, our mom or our dad were pulling faces at us and we're mimicking the faces back. That's how mm-hmm. empathy is taught. And so what we can do is we do this still as adults when we're communicating like a painful story or a happy story. And, you know, the person who's telling the story is very expressive and the other people are listening or actually pulling very similar expressions to that person who's telling that story people who are narcissistic or can't connect with that empathy will they can mimic those facial expressions but the facial expressions will drop off the face very very quickly a little bit yeah a little bit like you know when you smile fakely you know to someone just to be nice but you're not really meaning it Mm -hmm. how quickly can that smile drop off Oh, immediately. Oh, like yeah. In, like a millisecond, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so this is exactly what we're looking for with the narcissist. We're looking for that those that empathy, if it's there, to instantly drop off the face. So that's when we know that someone's not being sincere. It's not a genuine emotion. It's not a genuine feeling that they're having for you in that moment. Yeah, okay. That's really good information, <laughs> I think. Um, and like, what do you do? I mean, other than like run, <laughs> what, <laughs> what advice do you have when, when dealing with one? Yeah. So what I'd be saying is, yeah, with, with dealing with a narcissist, definitely get out as soon as you can, because <laughs> that's really yeah. important. I would also say, um, don't, if, if you know that they're a narcissist or you've got a feeling that they're a narcissist, don't block don't do the blocking thing because this actually creates a game. 
this creates like the if we're dealing with a predator we're saying come on chase me then we're going okay block or um uh, for example if someone keeps continually messaging you and then and then you know you then they're not receiving that message back they're almost testing like okay how many times do i need to message this person or poke this person until they respond it's all this oh shit yeah it's like there's proper game playing going on so in those scenarios you are making yourself you need to make yourself quite unattractive to that person for them not to want to um, pursue you and I'd love to go into this a little bit more deeper but because it's got to be really really tailored and it can you know it's about if you don't tailor it in the right way it can end up quite dangerous so sure. <laughs> just to make sure that you tailor it in the way the right way but it's more about making yourself unattracted to that person um, not being confrontational and not being at this place where you're like blocking and, and creating this game where they want to pursue you interesting mm. yeah I I that's such a hard situation to be in um the the next episode that is going to air after the after the one that airs with you um is going to be with a uh friend of mine who left an abusive marriage Mm. uh two years ago and her um ex-husband is still reaching out yeah um and I, I, there are lots of other issues there. I mean, feel free to listen to the episode. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> but but uh, there are lots of other like things going on there in that dynamic. But um, yeah, it just it it goes. I it didn't even occur to me that blocking might be mm. something that might be bad. So I'll have to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like like I was saying before with them, uh, before I understood what a narcissist even was, <laughs> I was yeah. stalked for five years so um uh, you know and I was just blocking wasn't messaging back and it still progressed for that amount of time so um yeah we teach people how to dis you know disengage with that kind of behavior um uh, so so you can enjoy your life because again it boils down to them needing that control right absolutely Mm. wow that that makes a ton of ton of sense (laughs) um well I guess uh Let's get into uh, online dating because that's what Mm -hmm. a lot of people are kind of doing right now in COVID (laughs) times. Uh, What are your thoughts about it? How can you do it authentically? Yes, uh, great question. So online dating, it reminds me a little bit like a rummage sale. You know, you got to do a little bit of rummaging because there's, you know, all (laughs) these people just uh, in this one pot, basically. (laughs) So with this, I think it's really important to get clear on the values of what you want in a person in a that you want to be in a relationship with. So what I mean by this is if you have like, I'll use a metaphor. If you go and do your weekly food shop, and you are absolutely freaking starving when you go shopping and you don't have a list. I can almost guarantee you're going to go in, in, in into the um, shopping center and you're going to get, I don't know, all the rubbish stuff that looks good in the moment, that tastes real good in the moment, and then have the horrible guilt trip afterwards or feeling bad right. afterwards that you've eaten this big bar of chocolate. and realizing you've actually got no healthy meal there and it just feels like rubbish um rather than if you have a list and you're clear on what you want you can go in there and i can guarantee you'll get about 90 percent of what you're looking for that way Mm -hmm. um and actually have a full meal 
And it's exactly the same with relationships. If you're going in there without realizing what you want and you're starving, (laughs) you're going to be finding something that's going to be a short-term gratification rather than something that's long-lasting and substantial. Hmm. So that's really, really important. Um, There's also a few things that you can see in a dating profile as well, if you want me to jump jump into those. Oh, I do. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Absolutely. (laughs) There's even so much that you can take away from um, photos within a dating profile. So, for example, um, uh, going back to the narcissist, actually, men who actually have filters on their photos are more likely to be narcissistic. There's a big correlation with uh, men with filters and, yeah, narcissism. But funnily enough, it's not the same for women. Yeah, so, I was going to ask that. Okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, very, very. It's a study that was on um, Psychology Today. I can't think of the exact study, but it was on there if you want to go and check it out. Um, uh, so that's a really good thing to look out for to begin with. Um, also, if someone's wearing glasses and not showing their full face within the, the profile, that tends to put, you know, you think about it, you're, when you're putting a dating profile together, you want to put your best self first. You want to share, right. share, you know, you want to share yourself with people like, look, this is me. This is what I do. This is what I'm all about. If you've got someone who's afraid to share their face and, you know, got glasses and this and the other, they're probably not going to be that forthcoming. Possibly, again, a little bit narcissistic because they're not, you know, they're not allowing you to see past those glasses, which is quite interesting. Um, also, when we when we spoke about compatibility at the very beginning, um, you want to be looking at, at people who are going to be compatible with your lifestyle. So lifestyle is mm-hmm. another thing that we look into with compatibility. Because if you've got someone who's got photos of all, you know, going to the gym, flashing their muscles, and you're someone who's, uh, you know, Netflix, chill, (laughs) cup cup of tea, that's probably British, isn't it? I'm definitely the latter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, um, So, you know, you're not going to be that well suited for that person, because if they're overly prioritizing that, it's not going to fit in with your lifestyle. Um, also, if you're not someone who likes to travel and you're seeing all these pictures of people traveling with, mm-hmm. you know, tigers and God knows what <laughs> in their profile, they're probably not going to be suited for you either. So right. it's ta- it's almost like writing the story of what does this what's what does this person want me to know from their profile, and what are they sh- actually sharing with me through these photos? Interesting, mm. and it's funny too because. I would say, and this is a generalization, and it could totally be wrong. Um, I'm. I also, to be fair, I do have more female friends than than male friends that are close. Anyway, uh, it kind of strikes me that women tend to put more thought into their profiles, whereas you see so many profiles of men where they just slap up a picture or two <laughs> and put a funny quote, and like that's it. But I mean, uh-huh. that's pretty telling. And part of me is always like, does that work for you? Like, are you actually getting people reaching out that way? Mm. Um, but I mean, I would say too that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the amount of effort that somebody takes to put into the profile kind of can give you a sense of how seriously they're taking the dating process. Yeah, it can do. Um, it's funny because this is where the men, you know, the male brain and the female brain work completely differently. So you think about it, men uh, are more focused on who are they attracted to. Women are more interested in the, the substance of that person. So women love mm-hmm. the bios. 
men are just like give me yes. the photos yep, <laughs> so yep. I think it's more about the priorities of that person and also just the general biology of the way that we attract someone as well so men's priorities you know if we're going back to the caveman style is just to have sex you know to have sex mm-hmm. and to provide you know that they're looking for someone who can bear their children yep. um uh, women we've got we've got a bigger checklist we've got yes. to make sure that this person's a provider are they strong are they going to be you know be able to give us um you know strong and healthy children are they going to be able to protect us we're like looking at all these different things that they need to be able to um fulfill before they even get into our pants yep yep <laughs> absolutely i couldn't I, c- I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and I completely agree with that. Um, okay, so on the subject of online dating, mm-hmm. what can people put into their dating profiles to attract the type of person that they're looking for, to be authentic? And how can people, prote- going back to the, like, how do you keep yourself safe? How do you protect yourself? How do you protect yourself to make sure that you are attracting genuine people um just because i mean i just i i have heard so many horror stories of people who start dating somebody it's going really well and it turns out that you know the guy was just using them for the physical or Mm. uh, maybe got too deep in emotionally before they were ready to etc so what can and uh, to be fair none of that is the other person's problem that is strictly like that guy's problem right um (laughs) but what can what can people do when dating online to um make sure that they're attracting authentic people um and or do their best to do so because there's only so much you can control yeah so as i'd almost say it's like a two-part process so to start off with think about how you want to come across you know what do you want to actually share with people through your profile so I think having any pictures that sort of show who you are and your interests and those sort of things are absolutely fantastic and making sure that there's a good range of photos as well for people to see because you usually find that one photo people don't get enough of a feel Mm -hmm. of who you are um bio yeah great put your interests put the things that are are positive because um yeah when we see something like um you know, no time wasters, please. No this, no that. It's, yeah, <laughs> you're going to end up attracting that. And also it just, it's a bit dramery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, let's settle down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, let's stay positive. Um, so one thing I'd say as well, so when you're, when we're talking about making sure that someone's intentions are genuine, that they're not just, okay, can I manipulate you to get into bed? This is where I love the body language piece. So with body language, we can go into that thing of, um, you know, lie detection and deception detection to see if someone's being open and honest to you. And this is like more effective than a polygraph machine. So this is real great, proper level stuff that you can use. So what I'd be looking out for is things like I'll, I'll go through five of them because I know we don't quite have a lot of time <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but um, if you do want to learn more we can we can uh, yeah we can go ahead and find us but to start off with we've got um, blink rate so our eyes we blink 12 blinks per minute roughly and if we, what we're looking for with someone who's being deceptive is something called stress indicators. Because when we lie, we actually get a spike of adrenaline 
which you know puts her body into slight stress so that's what we're looking for so when we are stressed we can actually show lots of different ways that we're stressed and when we're lying that increases so we tend to read in three lots of body language uh, when we're looking for you know lies and deception so one of the things that we can look at is this blink rate if it increases it shows that someone's stressed if it decreases, it shows that someone's really, really, really engrossed in something like mm. watching TV or a good Netflix series or a great conversation. You know, we suddenly notice that our blink rate will slow down because we want to really process, engage and take it all in. Um, another thing that you can look for with deception is um, nose scratching. So again, we're going to, you know, read these in clusters. So you'd read these in threes. But if you can see someone scratching their nose <laughs> or touching their face in some sort of way, that can give you an idea of that, um, that deception, that stress increase. Because you think about it, the first thing you want to do is protect all the, all the things that are um, uh, precious to us or sensitive right. or vulnerable. Um, another thing that we can look at as well is the mouth. So when we hold things back, we do something called lip compression. And it's just where we just push the lips together, like we're holding something back. You know, mm -hmm. we're not sharing with you all the information. Um, another one is when we put something in our mouths. So whether it's our hair, our fingernails, you know, when we're biting our fingers, a pen, um, we do this to self-soothe. So you think about when we're, we're babies and nursing and all those sort of right. things. It's a way of self-soothing. Um, I'm just trying to think of one more. So another one that you can look at as well is something called digital extension and um, uh, flexion. So it's when we're actually bringing our fingers out, outstretched. So that shows that we're sort of being open and truthful. And if we're feeling stressed, our fingers are going to retract into our palms. Okay, we're going to switch. And it, it needs to just be even something that's just so, so subtle. So reading these elements can give you an idea if someone's being truthful or not so for example if you're on a date and you're sitting opposite the person whether it's a zoom call or whether it's a, a full-on in-person date and you say i'm actually looking for something long term how about you and the guy turns around or the woman turns around and goes yes me too and the blink rate increases she scratches her nose and uh and her fingers come in come into her palms that would be an indication of those three body languages that person's just shared a lie. Mm -mm. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, dating right now, but I'm going to have to keep an eye on this. Just, you know, it, <laughs> it's in other areas of life too. It's not just dating. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Business, any, well, anything, you, um, anything with people. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. that's incredible. Um, <laughs> Well, I guess, tell me, uh, do you have like a fun client story or a crazy client story? I mean, whatever you can share. I understand that, you know, there might be some rules <laughs> regarding privacy. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh gosh, there's so many. I've got to pick one. Um, so I'll go with this one where we had this one lady, bless her. So she'd she was in a place where she was like still seeing a narcissistic ex. Um, she hadn't quite let him go. And she's also doing a lot of things from, from her from her childhood, like releasing childhood trauma. I mean, um, when she finally let go of her ex, she was at this place where she couldn't even look a guy in the eye. 
Like she just could not do that. Like mm. so that kind of poses a problem when it comes to dating if you can't yes. even look at someone <laughs> in the eye. And uh, we did loads and loads of work together, like sort of, um, you know, releasing childhood trauma, understanding what she wants, helping her to feel safe when she's dating. And um, she actually met a guy on a friend's Hindu and walked straight up to the guy and asked him out. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I, I was so freaking proud. Um, so, and uh, the, yeah, they ended up ended up dating, getting together, which is just absolutely fantastic. I just think that the whole switch around from uh, where yeah. she was and uh, how she moved forward, just absolutely incredible. What a turnaround! That's yeah. amazing. Well, um, <laughs> Lily, where can people find you uh, on on the internet in in the world, etc.? Yeah. So, um, yeah, check us out on lovewithintelligence.com because um, uh, obviously we didn't have time to go into a lot of the body language stuff. We do a free um, webinar, free training that people can go ahead and watch. We're also on um, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, um, uh, all under, and Instagram as well, all under Love With Intelligence. That's amazing. Um, any last pieces of advice? Any last little tidbits about body language or uh you know dealing with dating authentically yeah I would say um hmm yeah trust I think trust your intuition because I think um, intuition gives us so much but we're taught not to use it or to believe it So one thing I found with intuition, it's great to have it backed up with that body language, but it's also training yourself to listen to it. Because even as children, we get told, you know, oh, you know, don't feel this way or don't think that way. It's your family's friend, so-and-so and so-and-so, they're lovely. And we get Mm -hmm. told to, to see the best in people rather than what we actually feel and what we sense. Definitely. Or if you're an anxious person, you know, you... Mm are able to chalk it up to, oh, it's just anxiety. But there's yeah. definitely a difference between anxiety and, <laughs> and and your gut. And your gut always knows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Lily, um, thank you so much for uh, guesting today. Um, I really appreciate it. And the conversation was a ton of fun um, just to kind of delve into the dating side of things. Um, yeah. yeah. So thanks for being here. And uh Everyone, this has been Wine, Dine, and 69. I am your host, Rachel Dalton, here with Lily, and let's keep talking. Mm-hmm.